1: you're welcome to another fun Flip My Funnel podcast takeover series. So, I'm always excited when we can have somebody run a full series and this time it's Epic Takes mixed Tapes from the Customer Experience podcast run by Ethan. Uh, Ethan is uh, is the chief evangelist at BombBomb and he's been doing some ridiculously amazing conversations on the idea of customer experience and he's he's introducing this series around a mixtape.
2: So, Ethan, welcome and thank you for doing this, man. Sure. Thank you so much. I think it's so cool that you open this up. It's a true community spirit and mindset that you open the show up to uh, to guest takes like this. And I, it's a privilege to be here.
1: All right. So, introduce what this series really is all about as people will jump into this every other Tuesday or Thursday as the series unfolds.
2: Awesome. Yeah. So, I was coming up on episode 100 of the Customer Experience Podcast. I'm bringing together Typically sales, marketing and customer success to talk about how we can be more intentional and aligned in creating and delivering better experiences for customers. But I wanted to do something special because, you know, it's episode 100. So I went back and found some of the best passages that were transcendent of day to day operations that were transcendent of marketing, of sales, of CS. You know, that these conversations are packed with useful insights, but these individual takes that I chose came from moments where they just transcended it and they're very uh, human-centered, human-focused. I think that's been a consistent theme on the show. So I really devoted that episode and now this series to sharing that. So we're going to hear from some really great guests like, and I think most people listening to the show know David Cancel from Drift, Joey Coleman, author of Never Lose a Customer Again, the director of Runner Experience at Brooks Running, Rachel Ostrander. You are in this series, by the way. You've been on the show twice. One of my friends and co-founders at BombBomb Bomb, Darren Dawson, Matt Sweezy from Salesforce who I know you know and wrote an amazing book called The Context Marketing Revolution. So, that's the series. I'm really excited about it and it's just a privilege to learn and share so many good insights from so many smart and kind people such as yourself.
1: When well, I'm lucky to be in this. So, Ethan, without further ado, let's jump into it as you introduce each and every guest for this entire series and again, Thank you so much for doing this.
2: Hey, thanks for clicking play on this episode of the Customer Experience Podcast. You and I are about to experience a first here on the show, two guests, on the same episode, uh, these guys have spent 10 years and 20 years, respectively, helping build community, build teams, and ultimately create satisfied customers for Dutch Bros Coffee, which is the largest privately held drive through coffee chain in the United States with about 300 locations and more than 12,000 team members. Not too long ago, they were Vice President of People Development and Senior Vice President of Leadership, but today, they are the Vice President of Southwest Field Operations and the Senior Vice President of Field Operations. I'm looking forward to getting into people, into culture, leadership, field operations, and more. Lance Risser and Levi Aris, welcome to the Customer Experience Podcast.
3: Thank, Thank you. you. We're stoked to be here.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have you. You know, before I... I have a standard open, and it's a, it's a fun one. It's your definition of customer experience. Before we go there, I want to say, if you show up at a Dutch Bros, what's your go-to? What's your go-to drink? What are you, what are you hoping happens there and what are you ordering i feel like there's a natural evolution
3: through your time at Dutch bros we usually start off as a customer most of the time and we start off with a super sweet drink my favorite when i started was a white chocolate annihilator it's white chocolate macadamia that bread they're really good and it slowly became a black americano <laughs> so,
0: i love my black coffee and it's my go-to every time yeah, my progression was the exact same—the annihilator to the marathoner. Except I do a small quad
2: with uh, three heavy whipping cream. Oh my gosh, a quad—that's pretty hardcore, man. Yeah, that's what we do. If you're gonna play, you're gonna play hard.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. So let's get into customer experience specifically. I feel like this whole thing is just gonna tie together so nicely because of the way you approach your business. But let's just start right there. Like, what are your thoughts? What are some characteristics uh, of customer experience? Some characteristics of
0: customer experience. I love that question, especially the emphasis on experience, right? Because to us, it is primarily about a moment that is created between 2 individuals. A desire meets a craft. And there's an opportunity between those 2 things or the way those things... The way those 2 people interact, that is an opportunity for an experience. Something memorable that someone... Your customer can feel honored in a way that they want to share that with other people so that they can experience the same feeling. And it's an opportunity that not everyone gets right every time. But it is that. It's an opportunity to create a moment with another human being as a stimulation for hopefully a long-term relationship. So, okay, and I would just add...
3: We get to meet people where they are. In life, we're, we're going through ups and downs. Everybody's going through different phases of life. And it's finding out the moment that that person is going through and meeting them in that place to provide them the best possible experience that they need at that moment. We, I mean, we've heard stories at Dutch Rose of people coming in right after they're diagnosed with cancer or a loved one passing away and the, the employee has to be a shoulder to cry. And at the same time, we have people coming through that They just got married or they just had their first child and they're so excited and we've got to celebrate with them. So its I think it's just meeting the customer at that that space and time that they need in that very moment.
2: I love it. I love the relationship basis, the long-term aspect of it. I loved your use of the word honor, right? Like I'm honoring this person's decision to show up and be here with me, right? And and, uh, so good. I want to get into some of those stories. But first, just for folks that are listening... You were named in twenty seventeen as a small giant by Forbes, which is makes you one of America's best small companies. To me, by the way, at a company with like 140 team members, 12,000 sounds like a pretty big company. But um give folks a little bit of context, just like general bits. like what do you try what are you guys trying to get done? What does the business look like just at a high level for context for maybe for folks that don't live out west?
3: Yeah, so we started off as a little push-cart coffee shop in downtown Grants Pass in 1992. Up until 2008, we franchised our, our company and we had, I want to say, 50 to 60 franchisees um, in 7 states. And in 2014, I believe, is when we switched to company-owned, uh, company-owned model. So we have right now, we're about 50% franchised and 50% company-owned. And we currently have 354 locations. And we, uh, our goal is to hit 800 by 2023. So, we're growing at a really, really huge rate right now. And uh, it's been a really, really exciting season. But yeah, that's where we're at and where we're going.
2: So, it's obviously a super competitive field, right? Like at some point in your growth arc, Starbucks was like, oh man, we need drive throughs, right? And they're not the only company that turned that light on. That's obviously where you guys start. That's your sweet spot. That's your model. You know, in this super competitive space, what makes you guys unique? Hmm.
0: I think people would say that what makes us unique is our attention to trying to build real relationships with people and not as a strategy, but as a lifestyle, not as a tactic just for retention, but as a the development of something a little bit more meaningful. And I think as much as we're probably criticized for being a little over the top with our energy, we also... Get an equal amount of praise for being authentic to people. So yeah, I'd say that's probably what people would say makes us special. I think it, it, the competitive nature of the, the industry pushes us to be more creative in some of our offerings and all those like normal business tackle things, like making sure you're keeping up with creative drink ideas, making sure that you know you're in front of all that stuff. But our attention really stays tethered to how do we create moments for people who need them, when they need them in the way they need them.
2: I love it. I think like attracts like. I mean this idea that you know you get criticized for something, but you also get praised for it, that that's what attracts the employees, that's what attracts the customers, you know and it's based in who you are. and so I love the language around not making it a strategy or a tactic but a lifestyle. So, and, and I want to get into that a little bit because it's I guarantee without having met you guys before, that it's in the way that you're recruiting and attracting and hiring. It's probably in the way you're onboarding. It's probably in the way that you're training and coaching your team members. Let's get to it from the kind of the community angle. So as I was going through the website, of course, these are just a few lines that I read that just said community to me. So I'd love for you to speak to them, not specifically, but but the spirit behind it because I know that it's natural to you. I also want to get into the language of mobsters and the Dutch creed and, and all these things. I want to get into that language. I think that's in that over the top thing that some people maybe can't attach to. But, you know, on the employment page, one of the calls to action is join the mafia on the story page. We may be a coffee company, but we're in the relationship business. Coffee is what we do, but it's not who we are. Talk about this sense of belonging and like how that manifests itself in the way you operate.
3: Yeah, we we've always said that. Love is our product. Coffee is just, just a method to bring people in so that we can establish relationships with people. I mean, our, our mission is to make a difference in the community and in the people's lives within a community. And coffee is just a way to get them through the door so that we can do that. And uh, it's been an amazing journey. I know both of us started as broistas in the company. We call them broistas, not broistas. <laughs> but I started in Eugene back in 2009. You started in Medford in 2000. 2000. But when you start with this company, you realize that it truly is about the mission that we're on. And there's something about it that's just so... You're magnetized to it. And you want to be a part of it. You feel like you truly are making a difference in people's lives every single day. And it's been an amazing journey for me. Uh, I was going to school, going to college, was working at a stand in Eugene while... uh, Finishing up my degree, uh, gonna pursue something in the medical field or in, in science, and got my degree, was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and I was like, Why would I wanna leave a company that I feel like I never worked at? I'm never actually working every day. I'm actually just having a fun time listening to music and hanging out with my best friends from all over the city all day long. And it's the coolest thing in the world. And it, we truly, we truly live that out every day.
0: That's who we are and that's who we'll always be. Thank you, so that language arena website we we love language we love connection we love communication we love pushing ourselves to be better at it and we also want to be playful like if if we're not having fun like how is it going to be attractive like everybody's attracted to doing things that are enjoyable and if we aren't enjoying what we're doing and if we're not authentic examples of people who are being filled by our contribution to this thing, then it's not going to be magnetic to the type of people that we want. And people tend to migrate towards what we're doing because they either A, are like us, or B, would like to be like the people who work for us, who are enjoying, honoring, pouring into the community. And so we're really fortunate in the sense that I feel like we've done a a really good job of hiring people who just authentically care about people. Yeah, and, and or at least real close to finding that place in themselves. You know, I would say more often than not, when people are interviewing with Dutch
3: Bros, they're like, You guys have something so special, and I want to figure out, I want to be a part of that. Like, they're coming in and being our raving fan right out the gate. They're just, they see something special about us, and they're just, uh, they want to be a part of it. So, it's been, it's been cool.
2: So, I, I'm going to assume then that, like both of you, and like you just offered, some significant share of your team members or employees or mafia members are former customers, or I guess they're still kind of current customers, but they work there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I would say a, lot of, a majority of them are. The only time where that might not be the case is if we're going into a new market, but pretty quickly they become our biggest customers as they're our employees.
2: Cool. Let's do a quick drive-by on that. Like, What markets are you in and, how, and what, where are you going en route to... I think you said 800 stores or 900 stores. What markets are you in now so people can check this out and experience it? And where might you be going if you're willing and able to disclose that?
3: Yeah, we're, we're primarily uh, West Coast based. We're in Oregon, Washington, California, Idaho, Nevada, Colorado, and Arizona. And we're really still saturating in a lot of those states. I think the state that's saturated the most is Oregon, where we started. Um, We've got, I think, 140 locations in Oregon. And now we're starting to expand into some new states and new territories. We're still saturating in Arizona and Las Vegas, Market, Nevada. We're starting to look in uh, Albuquerque and Utah and uh, Texas isn't too far out. So yeah, we're we're growing and, and our goal is to, to grow at a rate that we don't lose sight of who we are and that we have the right people to go out there and make plant the Dutch Rose flag in a new community. Um, and if we don't have the right people, then we're willing to completely halt our growth. It's not worth sacrificing who we are to grow. So we're always evaluating our growth rate, making sure that we have the right people to do it. And if we don't have the right people, then we're going to stop. But as of right now, it's looking like New Mexico, Texas, and Utah are our next... Multiple
2: steps. Awesome. It's so important. This idea of, and we've gone through it in fits. Again, we're a fraction, a fraction of your size. A much different business, but that's something that we've, you know, we followed the ebb and flow of a little bit. You know, as we, as we have our own growth targets, and we, and we hired a plan and these types of things. But protecting what makes the company unique and what makes the company special and what makes it a place that you guys want to show up every day and makes customers want to show up at the stores every day. One of the most important things that can happen in the growth of a company is that you protect and preserve what makes it so great for you as team members and for the customers who show up. Fortunately, you're in a business where probably a lot of them show up every day or maybe even multiple times a day. But... um How do you do that functionally? Like, how do you know you've got the right people? When did the flags go up? Maybe when in the history of the company, because you've both been around so long, when did it become so obvious that that's something you have to protect? And and what are you doing to protect it?
0: Yeah, I would say that first, you got to start out. You have to know what that thing is. I think a lot of people think they know what it is, or they start out with these with core values that they've crafted that they believe are going to be the guardrails for where they want to take their business. You have to know what it is. You have to dedicate to it daily. And the greatest killer, I think, that will pull you away is distraction. So I believe that there's this idea that you have to constantly be challenging who you are and what you're about or trying what the world is trying in an effort to be more successful. And like anything, I mean, you you, you talk to... Old guys, and they say you want to be successful, keep doing the same thing, just dedicate to it longer term. You know, don't give up on what you're doing that is good. And so I'd say, know what it is, guard against it from distraction and like find peace in the simplicity of your mission. I think we overcomplicate things because our core isn't flashy or seemingly profound, but there's beauty in Focusing on your fundamentals every single day. I've said this before in some of our speeches. The only difference between a phenom and a beginner is that the phenom understands the fundamentals better. Everything breaks down to a couple simple moves. And if you do them perfectly over time, consistently, then you can master that thing. I think when you start to layer in a hundred other moves, which is I mean you can experience that now with social media and the marketing and all this the, the analytics, all this stuff is fantastic, and you should leverage whatever information you have access to. However, don't get distracted from what your core is. I think you realize that... I can't can't state when we realized um, that we had to protect it. But you realize you have to protect things once you smell a threat to it. And that's generally in the form of a distraction or an entitlement mindset, any of those things. And, and it'll stir up in your gut that there's something that could potentially harm this thing. If it's real and if it's, if it's grounded in those human things, and that's why I love your t shirt, the Rehumanize. I think it's so beautiful. If your core is grounded in those human things, the honoring other human beings, it'll stir something in your soul that demands that you stand up against the things that threaten it. That's both from the outside and from the inside. And I think the way you hedge against that is, again, you know what you're about. You find people who are who come stock with a similar mindset on a similar wavelength, who care about people in a similar way, and then you just come there and remind each other and hold each other accountable. When you start to veer off, when your language gets, it goes a certain direction where it's not serving that cause or that core. That's so kind of I think about it. Yeah, and to and to add to that. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we
3: switched from a franchise model to a company-owned model because we brought in a lot of franchisees who were super great entrepreneurial minds that helped us get us to where we needed to be. But we also saw... We had a bunch of phenomenal employees who love Dutch Bros and they bleed Dutch Bros and they wanted to carry the Dutch Bros flag into new areas, but they didn't have the financial means to do that. So we switched to a company-owned model. And I think the coolest thing about it is... Like we we're able to provide these amazing opportunities for our best people to go out there and carry the mission forward everywhere, and it's been it's been super rewarding. We play a big role in the selecting of these people, and we're always refining how we select them, how we observe, what are we what are we weighing in on on who goes and and takes on that new mission. But the people we have a large list, a big bench of people that love this company, care so much about what we're accomplishing, and want to go out there and do that and to provide those opportunities for the right people to go out there and
2: carry it on. has been incredible. It's awesome. I, I came across that bench concept as an idea in kind of reading up on you, on you guys before the show, talk about the importance of that bench and like kind of cultivating it. Cause it ties into what you were talking about before, which is, you know, if we have the right people, we're going to keep going and executing this plan. You might even have an opportunity through great people on the bench. To maybe even get out ahead of the plan and be ahead of pace on that 2023 goal, how do you cultivate and uh, and kind of keep track of the bench of you know the next great people for the next great market or the next great store, the next great opportunity for an individual? Like, how do you manage the bench of talent that you have and how do you cultivate it?
3: Our team consists of uh, a business coaching team, and this business coaching team, they're regionalized across all of our seven states, and those guys all came from within. Grew into the top-level leadership uh, in, the, in the in the company, whether it was a franchisee or a company or an operator, or they were a, a high-level leadership role, a regional manager for a franchisee, overseeing multiple locations. And we brought these guys in and their primary focus is, is evaluating and, and building our bench. So these guys are out working with our franchisees, meeting with them on a rotational basis and spending time with the leaders in the field, making sure that... We're spending time developing them, helping franchisees, providing them with tools to help prepare them for the next step when we do grow into new areas and they want to go. And then we also have a company-wide survey process where we have our employees reviewing their leaders. And we take those reviews and we work with each individual leader to talk about how we can be better leaders and how we can serve our crews better and serve our customers better. So our team primarily focuses on Leading this
0: team that's working with all of those people on the bench to get us to where we're going. I mean, I think we invest a lot in uh, the development of those leaders and not only in operational things, policies, and standards and all that, whatever stuff, the textbook stuff. It's really in life stuff. We want to teach people how to think about solving problems and how to think about people. Like, how do I, especially the world's crazy. Right now, I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> it's a little wild, and so us over-investing in like how do you how do you have an honorable conversation? How do you accepting of other people with different lifestyles, from different places, and different experiences in a way that honors them and shows them that look we can be on opposite ends of the solar system, and we are we still belong together. Like we should be together. We're all, we're designed to do this together. Life is a team sport, and the the more open you can be to every stranger you run into, the more you're actually going to make an impact on planet. So if we can overinvest in teaching people how to think about what they're doing, how to think about teaching people how to do what they're doing, Mm. uh, it just, it just compounds. And I I think that we have conversations with these young leaders in big groups that parents should be having with them or mentors should be having with them. And it's just not happening. And we feel a sense of duty to do that. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's about trying to create those moments. And those people have to do the hard work at the end of the day. That moment in that window is absolutely the most important thing that happens in our company. And we will not lose sight of that. So how do we prepare those people for that? How do we make them adaptable? How do we make them appreciative and grateful for the opportunity to to meet someone they've never met before? how do we make magic just because it's, it's why we're here. Not again, not because it's a tactic. And then also serving some good coffee in, in the meantime.
2: Right. As the motivation to get together in the first place. So good. I love that response. I actually feel like you're probably doing like, the word that was in my head was like, you're untraining or you're uncoaching, right? You're taking all that kind of baggage and things we like, I think there's still this expectation that we're supposed to be something different on the job than we are in real life. But you can't create those moments and you can't make real connection when you're wrapped up or in your head with some other persona besides who I am as a person. So I love what you're doing there. This just occurred to me, you know, what are a couple, if you have them to offer, like, what are a couple like key books or key philosophies or you know, pieces that, that all of you have read? Like, it, so at Bomb, I'm thinking of a book because at Bomb, Bomb, like one or two people will read a book and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is the best thing. It speaks to how we view X and then we'll all read it. And it just gives us new language. and keeps us going. Like, is there any like core curriculum? Because a, I want to read it or watch it or whatever. Uh, and B, I'm sure listeners might too. Yeah.
3: I, I know personally, one of my favorite books and, and, it's a book that we encourage our employees to read as raving fans. It's Ken Blanchard. I mean, or so. It's an amazing book about just how to make your customers a raving fan by meeting them where they are. Like we talked about earlier. I mean, it's one of my favorite books of all time. We have a giant list of books that we encourage our employees to read from... I mean, they're all over the place from
0: Servant Leader to One Thing, One Minute Manager, yeah, I'm sure. yeah my, my, my favorite book that we suggest to people is QBQ, Question Behind the Question. I think that's like some Jedi level, um, like navigating human behavior book. I mean, if you can ask yourself good questions, you can lead yourself in a, in a positive way. And if you know how to ask the questions of other people, then you can get places together. Um, and not from a manipulation standpoint, but from, a, from an authentic, heart-grounded place. I think I think we are our own biggest deceivers. Personally, you know. So if we can learn to, like you said, untrain ourselves of that, uh, I think it's pretty powerful. For that one, for me, unlocked something that I feel like just took it to the next level for me. I just picked up a book that I'm reading right now called
3: The Power of Moments, and it's about capitalizing on a moment and peak experiences when when you're going to an event or going to a place. What you remember from that experience and how to maximize on that experience and It's been an incredible book for me, uh, just on realizing the importance of the moment and and understanding where people are coming from when they're visiting. It's been a really good one too.
2: That's awesome. That's the second reference to that book on this podcast. And we're only like 35 or 40 episodes in. So uh, for those of you who are listening, I will link up all three of those references. I write up posts at bombomb.com slash podcast on every episode. So if you've just been listening to this and you want to go deeper on some of these ideas, we're writing it up. There's more video clips and I put links to things that, uh, that folks mentioned that I know you'll want to have access to. You guys give 1% of gross sales back to, I assume, I want to know how this is executed above all, in addition to the motivation, but you give 1% of gross sales back for community based efforts. What was the spark? I mean, I, I already get it. Like, I, I feel like I know who you guys are and what you're about at least uh, enough of a level to know that this absolutely makes sense for you and who you are. But um, what was, you know, when did you start that and how do you actually execute it? Is it store by store? Is it...
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't recall when we started that. Um, and 1% is the only part we talk about. Our, our franchisees and operators go way above and beyond that. They're some of the most generous people I've met. But... We designed it in just to be intentional. Like it's I mean you could you could compare it to a tithing or whatever. It's like it is our intention first is just is to give. So we want to make sure that we remind each other of that. And we're doing it in local communities because we're there. We're partaking in the in the enjoyable things of that community and we have an obligation to do something in return above and beyond offering a service or trying to create moment. like how do we we spend some of these resources that we've been blessed with to make where we're at better. With and it. it's it's always in our four pillars. It's with children, it's in music, it's in health, and it's with origins. So it really it really boils down to this intentionality.
3: I know I'm, to add to that, like
0: our we've been talking about our mission a lot
3: with relationships and making a difference in community. We want to make difference in the lives of the community. We also want to make differences with our community as a whole and a lot of our shops and and leaders will go and volunteer to they they just get so involved in the mission on making a difference that they go and volunteer their time at local food shelters they'll go to food banks they'll go to big safe families different things to to try and truly put put this in the forefront with how can how can we make this community better by being here um and it's been really exciting to see
2: Awesome. We do similar, although I don't know that we have it as a tithe per se, like a, like a, like a fixed baseline, but you know, both time and talent, we, we do that a lot as well. And I think one of the, obviously it's great for everybody. It's great for the, you know, the beneficiaries of the time or the effort, but it's also great for the team members within our company to have that experience together it brings them closer to one another. And ultimately you guys obviously get implicitly that employee experience is the primary driver of customer experience that like when the employees are connected to their work and connected to each other, it all falls out. And if you can do this, like win, 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 where it's awesome for everybody, including like, we all want to live and work in communities that we're proud of and connected to and that are healthier today than they were yesterday. Um, Yeah. In the face of the crazy world that you referenced earlier, talk a little bit about the language. So for an outsider, like for someone who's pulling up to Dutch Bros for the first time or just getting exposure to the brand and its people and the stores, like there's a lot of language you use. Like it can seem like it would maybe be a barrier, but the minute you step through it, all of a sudden it's what makes it feel inclusive. Like... Talk about some of the key language you know again around the mafia, around the Dutch Creed like what are these things? Just explain them for someone that maybe has a little bit of exposure and, and welcome them into it.
0: It's obviously like I, like I said before it's about keeping things playful and it's about you know creating this thing that people want to be a part of it's in, in the lightest form that you can imagine it, obviously there's no intention for us to in any way associate with some sort of like illegal activity. But it's <laughs> right. like, it's it's the mob. We're, we're a collection of people on a similar path who want to just have fun and keep things light. For the mafia, that's where it, it, it kind of implies exclusivity, but it's really about inclusivity and there's just no bounds to that for us. Everybody is included. And it's the, the, the creed actually, we adopted that. It's, it's originally the Optimist Creed. And that's the Optimus Club is something that we've been a part of for several years. And uh, We've just adopted it as ours. Language-wise, though, in some of the... W- which you said could be a barrier, especially when... Because we're on volume number 11 in a lot of our shops. If pe- we just let people talk how they want to talk. Really, as long as you're honoring that person, there's no like, doctrine where we're like, be sure to say bro at least every four words. <laughs> or you know, we, don't, we don't do that. We actually say the opposite sometimes. like Don't overbro people. If you're the dude man, like don't don't do that. Like talk to people how they want to be talked to and not and, and the cool thing about our relationship with our customers is they correct us. They'll let you know how they want to be communicated with. They say, I don't don't call me sir, don't call me bro, don't call me honey, don't call me ma'am. And we're like, Got it. Easy. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah. And then we emphasize we a lot too, names people learning people's names because how, how can you say you have an authentic relationship when you don't actually know a human being's name. So yeah, we, we language we want to keep stuff playful. It's funny, we even do it internally at HQ. We've made up some just wild names for positions. Yeah. Uh, executive level positions where it's, we've been like <laughs> figure fighters or like special forces. Special ops or you know uh, Monsters. All- Monsters. Monsters. Um just, just, just fun stuff. Like it,
3: it, it's it's fun we've actually let the teams actually have a say in the in the title of the role uh, because we want them to feel like a part of it. They like looking at some of the names we came up with, Freedom Fighters and Special Forces and Monsters, a lot of those names came from the group that was already doing that stuff. And they're like, We're here on a mission, like I feel like we're the special forces, we're the Navy SEAL team coming in there. So we're like, Okay, cool, special forces it is. And with the mob that they came up with a mob because we mob around and we go and help open up all of our new shops. And we're, we're like the mob mentality. We're going to make a difference in people's lives. And they were like, it also stands for the acronym of Masters of Brawista Inc., which I thought was <laughs> super funny, but like, we just love, We're playful. We just want to have fun. Uh, I know that our mission statement as a company is we are a, a fun-loving, mind-blowing company that makes a massive difference one cup at a time. And, part of our our titles and names and crazy, crazy language is the fun loving piece of it. That's who we are. And that's who we want
2: to be. That's awesome. I know all about uh, having a name that, that, might suggest dangerous activity in bomb bomb. Uh, you know, you don't want to wear logo gear at the airport and those kinds of things, even though fun is one of our five core values as well. Relationships is our number one. So I feel like there's a lot of kinship in the way we approach our businesses. But double back for me, Levi, on the um, on the optimist creed for folks who aren't familiar, just give another pass at that because I think it comes through in the way you talk about your business. Optimism and connection, and all of that. But for folks who aren't familiar, just go one layer on that.
0: Yeah, I would encourage people to look up the Optimist screen. I think there's a common misconception that we all have it every line memorized or that we live uh, by every single line of it, every single moment. It's not true. It's a fantastic, to me, menu of guiding principles that you can employ in moments of need where each one applies Uh, and that's kind of how i talk to to our people like you can't be this all the time no one can it's a complete list of being perfectly human Um, but but if you can look at that in your moments of weakness or your moments of need and go there's something on here that can help steer my mind in a way that'll get me through this tense portion of life and i just encourage people to check it out join the optimist club it's pretty neat it's just again it's just guiding principles but it's very simple. There's not a, there's not a for me, at least in to memory, at least in the way we employ it, there's not a huge level of depth beneath it because on its face, it is it it, it makes sense for what it is. So I'd say tell people, check it out, adopt it, and then forgive yourself when you get some of them wrong. <laughs>
2: So good. I uh, I will also add that to the show notes, Lance. Uh, how about go from people development to field operations? Just talk about like what were you doing a couple few years ago, and what was the transition like, and what are you doing today? Just practically speaking, for you know people who understand the business from the outside as a customer, like I assume you are probably working on people and culture and things. I'm sure that's still part of what you do. But just talk about the kind of the practical nature of those two roles and the transition between them.
3: Yeah, I think with, with Dutch Bros coaching, business coaching, and people development are synonymous. We're we're a company about people and making relationships with customers. And it starts at the very beginning with our crew when we bring them in here. Every everybody's on a different path in life and we know that. And we know that most of our employees won't be with us long term. So we spend a lot of time setting goals with our employees and talking to them about their future and where they want to go and, and just reminding them that they can do whatever they want if they work hard and put their mind to it. And uh, My role has evolved from... It. Actually, I was in field operations under the operations team doing the same thing to becoming people development. And I was still doing the same thing. And I was back in field operations. I feel like I'm still doing the same thing. But Levi and I work a lot more on looking at insights and stats on the business performance, on that kind of stuff. But primarily, we're focused on building our bench to help go out and, and open new stores and new, new areas. And the people development side of it is working with our coaches on how do we how do we spend time with these people in the field to make sure that they understand what our mission is and how are they performing with that mission and how are they leading their crew and how are the customers engaging with them and people development is the whole it's our pipeline. That is our future, that is our mission, that's what we're what we're doing. So I would say I'm still in people development, even though my title's changed. 90% of our focus is in people development but we still have to remember that we are a business and we've got to make good decisions. And, but yeah, people development is still the mission.
2: Love it. Levi, can you speak to the same thing? Like, you know, from SVP of leadership to SVP of field ops, I'm going to guess that there are some parallels in what Lance just shared, but talk about your own journey there. Yeah, that was uh, my previous role, but we identified that
0: as we hire people into HQ from the community, that we were maybe not onboarding to the level that we should. Um, and so a lot of my role went into pouring into the executives, the VPs, and teaching them how to teach people that we hire about what our core values are, where we're going, everything from having challenging conversations to some of that stuff where you probably we probably assumed or were a little generous with what we assumed people had experienced in previous uh, leadership positions. And we found out quickly that not everyone had experienced every single thing. And so my role was in trying to make sure that they got experience in coaching conversations or write-ups or hiring or interviewing or so that I just kind of would just act as a support vehicle for our executives when they came in. And it's... it's similar to him. It's. I feel like I've done a lot of different things. I, I ran the operations department, and the marketing department. It's all the same. It's all people development. It's all teaching people how to think about what we're doing, teaching people how to prioritize where they spend their energy, and then reminding them that to keep it simple and stay tethered to the fundamentals and provide the best service to your team that you can so that
2: at the end of the day, in the window, those moments are created. It's awesome. Um I want to get this is a really practical question. So you're creating these moments but you're also, you know, keeping track of the business. Like I I'm going to go out on a limb and say you don't have any hard rules about how many people need to be moved past the window on a per minute or per hour basis, but how do you balance that between, you know, you need some volume to move through the stores, but you want, also want, you know, for the people who who are open to where their appropriate experience, right? Not to be con- like, there's no uniform experience. So if someone wants to spend some time at the window, like how do you balance that? How do you coach to that for, especially for new employees? Like, you know, you need some volume, but you also want it to be as awesome and special for each customer as they want it to be. I'm sure some want to just like get in, get out, but some don't.
3: Yeah, we, it's funny. We Over the past few years, our, uh, our operational, our, our positional roles in the shop have evolved. So one, to be faster, but two, to make sure that we don't lose sight of the experience and make sure that we're taking care of every customer. And if you pull through a Dutch Rose now, most of the time, you'll pull through and there'll be an employee that comes and greets you in the line to take your order and say hi to you and connect with you while you're waiting. And then at the window, you'll have another opportunity. And in some cases, you'll even have a, uh, an employee that'll bring drinks out to you in your car while you're waiting. We preach. I mean, there's, there's different types of customers. There's four different types of customers. There's customers that know what they want. They want it now. There's customers that know what they want and they're not in a hurry. There's customers that don't know what they want, but they want it now. And there's customers that don't know what they want and they don't care how long it takes. And we just try and teach our crew to, to assess that individual and know what they want and and get them that experience that they need at that place and time. So it's really just being a Jedi and being able to read body language, reading that customer and and giving them what they need. If they're in a hurry, then ask them what what flavor profile they like, make them that drink and get it to them as quick as possible so they can get out of there. And for the people that like talking a little bit more, it's not uncommon to see our employees, walk them away from our drive-through and continue the conversation. With them outside of the line so that they can get that fixed. But I mean, really, we're here to meet every customer with their desires. And if they want to spend time with us, then we'll find time to spend time with them. Um, and if they want to get out of there fast, then we're going to be as fast as we possibly can. But it's, it's always been an interesting balance because we've had the customer, the crews that say, my customers want my time and they want to be here for five minutes and I'm not going to like, sacrifice that for them at all. And I'm like, well, the customer behind them might want to get to work is on time and yeah, you're slowing them down and we can't, it's just balance. And I think uh, the the new system where we have our employees out on the line, we have a better, we have multiple points to read what that customer needs and we can get it to them in the best way possible. So,
2: yeah. That's super good. I th- and I think if people listening think about their own businesses, you know, even if it's not this same structure of a business where you're you know, physically moving people through, you're going to find the 3 or 4 or 5 types of people that your frontline folks... So for us, it would be salespeople and customer support and customer success people who are on the phones and on, on video calls through Zoom with customers directly to do that same assessment, right? Who is this person? What is appropriate for him or her? Oh, this is the highly transactional person who knows what they want and wants to get out of here right now. Uh, So good. I really love that. and I can see people um, probably turning some wheels as it was for me. And what does that look like in my business? Another practical question before we get to the way I always love to close the show, and I'm super interested in what you both have to share on that. So you're, you're still running or under the brand name, there's still a number of franchise shops. Like and, and people and coaching and training and development are super, super important. How do you balance that? I mean, I'm going to guess that you franchise locations to people who already knew you or knew the company or knew the brand. And there's a little bit of alignment there inherently. But how do you make sure that folks that pull up to a non-company owned store are still getting the experience that puts that halo on the brand and, and, and the associations that people have with the company overall. Yeah, I think, I
0: think other brands have probably more of a challenge with the, that relationship than we do. I, I believe we have the best franchisees of any company on the planet. And it's because we... Even though they are franchisees from... Uh, they weren't brought up in the company, they do come stock with some of the important things that we cared about. We wouldn't have franchised with someone that wasn't aligned in our belief in people or our dedication to the highest level of service that we can provide and, and as well as, as the giving of, that we do. So we, I think we're really fortunate in that. And also, like we have a fantastic leader and they all respect him tremendously. And they're very receptive. That doesn't mean we don't spar. And as my boss likes to say, throw binders across the uh, table. We, we do, and we encourage some of that. At the end of the day, we all know that we're all going in the same direction. And, and we will. And you know, people's values and priorities change. And that stuff works itself out long term. And there's nothing wrong with that. But by and large, we have to balance it a little. But it's probably not as high a maintenance as other companies have to deal with. Again, because uh, the people we pick to be part of this and to go out there and promote the brand are people who are people-loving people.
2: Mm-hmm. Great. That doesn't surprise me at all, but I loved hearing you walk that out. This has been awesome. I really love, above all, how you're doing what you're doing. I mean, I like the aggressive goal for 2023 as well. You know, I like people that want to keep growing something good and having a positive impact on their community. But the way you're doing it um, is just really, really powerful. I can see how it's attractive and beneficial. You know, we have a couple employees from your company at our company, right? But but I'm sure. For as many as them you know where we get the benefit of all of the values and training and and probably life training coaching some of these people are getting like you said things that their parents or a mentor could have should have would have taught them but they never got it right like you're straight changing lives on this and so uh, you know some of that talent staying in in-house and some of it is going to other companies you're making a really big impact even beyond what you could know or measure so continued success to you but before I let you go relationships are our number one core value at BombBomb. And so I like to give every guest and so we can go either or and you can decide who goes first. I want to give you the chance to thank or mention someone who's had a positive impact on your life or career. And then also just do a little shout out to a company who you respect for the way that they are serving their customers.
3: Great question. Um, I'm going to go another business that has blown my mind. There's a, there's a restaurant in town called C Casa Flores here in Grants Pass. And every time I've gone there, they have done such a good job of blowing your minds. Whether me and my wife go with our 3 kids and they're throwing food all over the place causing a disaster, they still make you feel so loved and so welcome and they just want to take care of you. And I would recommend anybody driving down I-5, passing Grants Pass goes to that place because they're phenomenal.
2: Say the name uh, again?
3: It's called C. Casa Flores. Okay. They're phenomenal. And as far as a mentor goes in my life, I, as corny as it sounds, I know this guy's played a huge role in my life. When I came to Dutch Bros, uh, he was one of the guys that got me here. And uh, like since day one, he's just been a phenomenal leader, not only at work, but as a husband, as a father, as just a good, good guy that I want to be like. Um, Levi's been that guy for me since day one at Dust Row So,
2: as corny as it is, he's he's the guy. Nice, it's great. He, he's too
0: generous. For me, company. I love Chick Fil A. I really do. I I just think they're fantastic. I think at their core, they just want to honor people. You know, I think people can get caught up in in the other pieces of it, but at the end of the day, they just want to honor people. And they're doing it the best way they can, and they're dedicated to it. And so I think they're a good example of staying committed to your core. And I understand that there's all sorts of, like I said, the world is wild, and we tear everything apart, and we don't give enough people benefit of the doubt. But they are a good example of trying to keep it human and just being, like I said, relentless in your pursuit of that thing. I'm going to do a corny one too, not corny, but. Uh, predictable, and I, I, I have to say, Trav, our one of our founders, and Dane, obviously too, um, but I have more experience with Trav just because uh, he's just been an incredible example of generosity and intentional generosity in a way that I just I just can't I just can't understand. He just loves people at such a high level, and he honors them at such a high level, and he gives them time, and he is thoughtful in the way he communicates with them. And he has a tremendous amount of grace for mistakes. And on the opposite side of that, he just wants to kick ass. He just wants to have a place that people love to come. And he, he just doesn't veer from that. Like the guy will come to work, he'll crank on some loud music in the lobby and people can't hear on the phone or get work done. And it's important that that interruption of pattern takes place. Because it reminds people to, again, keep it light, have a good time, enjoy this thing. And we're all here for the same reason. And so I, I have to say him just because he's done so much for so many people that no one will ever see. What we know, people, we get a lot of praise about the Undercover Boss episode. I'm like I've, It's funny because I've seen him do stuff like that hundreds of times for people. So for... For me, it's exciting for people to get a glimpse to that. But I also get to see very really that it's just the way he lives his life. So I, I'm just grateful for that man in a way that I
2: can't even describe. Awesome. If someone wants to follow up or learn more about you guys or about the company, where would you send people to, to learn more besides bombbomb.com slash podcast to get links to all the awesome things you referenced?
3: I mean, I, can, I feel comfortable sharing my email. <laughs> I'm not afraid. But lands.risterindustrials.com and yeah, I'm happy to talk. I love talking to people. So if anybody has anything to hit me up with, feel free.
2: Website. If people want to, you know, check out the values, check out the history and you know, learn more about the founders you mentioned. Uh, what's the website? Dustros.com.: Awesome. Check out that undercover boss episode if you haven't seen it. It's fun. Cool. Can you just Google that and watch it online, I bet? Yeah, you can watch it online. I think it's even on
3: YouTube. You can check it out.
2: Awesome. You guys, I really, really appreciate this. I enjoyed it very much. Continued success in what you're doing. And uh, thanks for being here. Thank you. This is awesome.
0: You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.